Welcome to the Floor Education Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hedin, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Phoenix, Arizona. We're here to talk with contractors from all across the country to discuss DIY installation tips, how to hire a reliable contractor, and what's trending in the flooring world. Stay tuned to get your floor education. Mark Harakovic, you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. How are you doing this evening? Good. All right. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Let's get your name again, um, the business name, any specialties you have, where you're at, how long you've been doing it. Okay. Uh, I'm Mark Rockovic. Uh I am currently the in-house installer for MDG Flooring America uh, in Medina, Ohio. Um, I've been with them for three weeks, but I've been in the industry for 25 years now. Uh, I started as refinishing bowling centers all over the country, and it just progressed into a career from there. Um, uh, right now, I pretty much specialize just in hardwoods and uh, the vinyl planks, vinyl tile. Um, I can do everything except carpet. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at now, just trying to make things easier on my life and specialize in something I really love to do. That's awesome. There's there's nothing more satisfying than getting a nice hardwood floor put in. Uh, it's it's the most gorgeous floor that there is out there, I believe. I, you know, you get the natural color variations, just the graining alone. You get those boards that you're just like, wow, this one has to go here because this is your main eye line in front of a door, in front of a fireplace. Um, you know, just where it's going to stand out. You know, you just see that one texture from the grain or something. It's like, that's just a gorgeous board, you know? So, and, and that's where the love and passion of it comes to is, you know, you just see something like, that's awesome. You know, you just get that warmth and that beauty of it. You know, that's, that's where it all goes. I agree. There, there's nothing like a, a solid hardwood floor. I wish there was more of it in Arizona where I'm yeah. at. Um, there's not, uh, you know, I get to do a few engineers the the vinyl is taking over, but there's a lot of really nice vinyl products out there too. And they can look really good and they're great for families. So there's, I there's lots of options. The vinyl out there. Planks. Yeah. I love the vinyl planks. I do tons of it. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're the waterproof factor, um, the highly scratch resistant, and if you have like a real active lifestyle, uh, larger pets, um, small children, you know, it, it's extremely durable and, and last, you know, it, it's going to hold up to that kind of environment, whether you're on concrete or if you're on, you know, over a basement, uh, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, the climate, you know, it's going to adapt to the climate better than, um, most other products out there. It's, it's a good product, you know, that you they do have a nice texture to them, so they're not super slick or slippery like some of the laminates were. Um, you know, it's, they got a nice realistic look. They, the, like, say you want a uh, hickory hardwood floor but can't afford the cost of it, the vinyl plank has a lot of hickory, you know, designs to it, so you're going to have that look that you're looking for in a little bit of a cheaper price. You know, so there's advantages either way that you go, you know, so that's why I 
stick with those two is because you have lots of options out there. Definitely. It, 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 the visuals on the vinyl has come a long way in a very short amount of time. So do you have oh, yeah. any best practices for hiring a contractor? Um, pretty much, you know, you're going to call contractors. I always suggest get a couple of different estimates, uh, you know, because it's, it, it's not that you're just getting an estimate. It's an interview process. You got to feel comfortable with who you're going to have in your house working. You know, you don't want to, like, say you take the time off while the work's being prepared. Are you going to be comfortable in your house while you have this work going on with those, you know, those contractors in your house? You got to feel comfortable with them. You know, if you feel like something's not right while they're there doing an estimate, most likely it's not going to be a good fit. You know, when the work's getting done, you know, just always don't just look at the bottom line. You're looking at the contractor themselves also. You know, are they professional? Uh, you know, are, do they look like they're doing a diligent job inspecting things as they're doing that estimate? You know, what are they looking at? You know, it's not just drop a tape measure for like two seconds in a room and be like, all right, I'll get back to you in a week or something. You know, ask some questions. Just, okay, what well, what are you looking at? You know, just check their knowledge. You know, just make sure that you're going to be comfortable with them and they seem like they're going to be diligent at what they do. You totally. Know, not, just drop a, not just drop a tape measure and leave, you know. One, gonna, 100% agree. So, you know, for me, I'm a small independent guy. I still do all my own estimates. I do all my own installs. If somebody calls, I'm the one answering the phone doing customer service. But there's guys out there with crews. So how would you suggest someone vet a crew? Because the owner may come out and do the estimate and you feel great about him. But then come the day of the install there might be a couple other guys that show up because the owner's out doing estimates all day or delivering materials and buying supplies to keep his crew running. Yeah. Um, with that, you know, you call, set up your appointment, you know, they're, uh, they're always going to be convenient to a homeowner, on uh, time, you know, when to show up, what's going to be convenient for a homeowner for them to show up to do the estimate. Um, uh, Ask them, how long do you think this is going to take? You know, kind of give them a brief rundown. Like, hey, I got a living room and a dining room, or I got a living room, dining room, kitchen, and I'm doing a whole first floor. Ask for a rough time estimate on how long do you think it's going to take to do the estimate. And then when it gets there, you know, we can multitask. That's pretty much our jobs is multitasking on everything. Um, Ask him questions as he's, you know, get measurements on rooms and stuff, or looking at substrates or looking at the structure from the basement or whatever, ask them questions. But, you know, it's like, who's doing the work? Are you doing the work? Uh, do you have crews that are doing the work? How many guys do I expect to be here doing the work? You know, it's, it's those simple, basic questions that everybody always forgets until after the fact. Yep, you know, and then it ends up becoming a surprise at the end. You're you're right. It's it's just like you said at the beginning. It is an interview process. It, I'll I'll be honest. And from the contractor side, when I'm out doing an estimate, 
it's a, it's an interview process on our side as much as it is an interview process on the client side at exactly. that time. Exactly. Exactly. And you, you need to realize that these guys are giving up, especially the independent guys like yourself who runs the business, does the installs, does all the measures, is delivering materials. And then, you know, it's, they got to realize too that where the homeowner needs to realize, actually, I need to state, is you guys are giving up your time, your free time that is in short demand already as it is, to go out and do these estimates that could be five minutes from home, that could be an hour and a half from home. You know, so give them a little leeway. If they say they're going to be there at 4 and they show up at 4.30, you know, give them that little bit of leeway. They could have had a hiccup at a at a job site or something, or they got stuck in traffic, which a lot of the, you know, more high-end contractors, they're going to quit phone call. It's like, hey, I'm running like, give me 20 minutes if that works. So, I was going to say, you know, you've got to communicate, though. Like, sure, there's guys that are going to run late. It happens. But you've got to communicate. If you originally scheduled for four and you're running behind, I personally, if I'm a minute late, I'm sending a text when I'm still 10 minutes out saying, yeah. I'm running a minute to five minutes late, but I'll be there. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it goes the other way, too. Same with the homeowner. You know, if we're on time and the homeowner's not there, you know, typically a lot of guys only wait 20 minutes if that, you know, before they decide I'm not waiting. I'm waiting. Um, you know, the courtesy needs to be extended on both sides. Um you know, because there's always unforeseen that, you know, that are unavoidable. Like, there could have been an accident that's hitting up traffic, or you got stuck in a meeting at work, or, you know, there was a hiccup, major problem on a job site that the contractor has to deal with right then and there. You know, so don't, if they show up late or something like that, you know, don't automatically put that as a being against a contractor, you know, like, Exactly. Going to it as a bad attitude. You so, know, yeah. Give them some and I mean, a lot of us have families too. I might have something come up with a kid along the way, or, you know, my wife's running behind because she had to go to the store to make sure they got something for school the next day. There's any number of things that can go wrong, but there needs to be communication on both sides. And like you said, it's it's all about that interview process. You really need to make sure you're comfortable and you're, you're finding out what you want about that contractor so you're going to feel good about them being in your home now yeah you... and it's also an interview for the contractor we're also going to be interviewing you to see if it's actually a good fit you know if someone's going to be if a homeowner is going to be standoffish right then and there a contractor is going to price you super high just because they don't want the job and if they do end up getting it it's going to be worth it then you know but you don't want that standoffishness from either side, you know, it's, I've gone on lots of estimates in my time and I've had some that were just complete nightmares to work with, you know, and it's, I'm like, I, I don't want their job because they're going to be a pain, you know, it can, they're going to stand it can over you, talk over you. Yeah. And so it's not just an interview process for the homeowner interviewing the contractor. It's the same vice versa. 
You know, you, you want everything, and even as a contractor, you want everything sort of nice and smoothly. You want the homeowner to be happy at the end. You want to try to make it, you know, as convenient as possible and not as much of a hindrance as a homeowner's lifestyle. You know, they still got to live at the house all the time. You know, so we always try to make it as convenient as possible for them. And, you know, if, if we get a client that's coming in that's kind of standoffish or very demanding, you know, that kind of throws up red flags for the contractor. You know, so that's kind of what a homeowner needs to understand is, you know, there has to be some give and take. Totally. It's, it's all about building relationships. That's, it's funny. I started my business and I was like, Oh, I just want to install floors. It's going to be awesome. And probably within a year of running my own business, it was more important for me to go in and build a relationship with my client at the time and then installing the floor and doing an excellent job was secondary and although that's like the most important thing because i'm there to do that job at the end of the day like i love building relationships and staying in touch with my past clients and knowing that their floor is lasting and becoming a trusted resource for them really yeah so with uh they're uh, gonna give you for the mouth and everything like that that's the best compliment any contractor to ever get is a referral from a previous client. Yes. Referrals, word of mouth is, is huge for the, definitely for the smaller guys, but for anyone, there's, there's nothing that beats that kind of advertising. So for our more adventurous listeners that like to get their hands dirty and are considering installing their own floor, do you have a tip for them that they can, they could run with? Um, yeah, don't watch YouTube or HGTV or any of those DIY shows. Those are very limited. Um, you know, a lot of the YouTube stations that show you how to do installs, you know, they're not exactly 100%. It's a lot of, you know, homeowners that are handy, and it's great that everybody knows how to do some stuff. Um, but they're not showing you everything. Things are edited, uh, cut out, a lot of steps are missing, or they're just done completely wrong because they don't know. Um, you know, if you're going to get on YouTube to watch videos, look up the manufacturer of the product that you're installing. They're going to have installation videos on their websites on how to install their product. And that's from the tech guy to develop the product. Um, those are usually the best videos to watch is just get on the manufacturer's website. Um, DIY shows, you know, handy men are good. Others are just guys who know a little bit about a lot. Um, so they're cutting out a lot of things, not following specifications that a lot of contractors have to follow. Um, so, you know, do a little bit of research, but definitely get on manufacturers' websites and see what they're recommending and how they're doing it. Um, that's going to be your best. It's it's funny how simple it really is. You know, the, the first episode of this that we did, Ken Ballin came on. He said, read the instructions. And it's it's the same thing. You basically just said, go check out the instructions. The manufacturer is going to tell you the best way to do their product because they created it 
they know how it should function and you you need to follow that you can't there's for as much good info there could be on youtube there is a plethora of bad info out there that's just you're you're more likely to find a bad installation video than you are to find a quality one where you're actually getting the content you need yeah and that's a lot of um issues and problems that contractors run into is, okay, the homeowner is doing their homework. Okay, that's great. But if you ask them where they saw this, oh, I watched the YouTube video. Okay. <laughs> and that makes sense now. Um, yeah, and, you know, yeah, read the instructions that come in the box. And I say read them wholly. Because I, after 25 years, I read every set of instructions that come out of every different manufacturer that I install. And for the most part, they're all pretty much the same. Um, but there are slight differences depending on locking systems and manufacturer and everything like that. Cause, but also go to their website. Because I have read instructions on new products that were incorrect and did not work. Correct. And I would call the technical department, and I'm like, hey, your instructions aren't right because this isn't working. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you, you told me to use a pull wire, but I tap these together when I'm close to a wall or get under a door. Yeah, the locking system is just bouncing out. It's not working. And they're like, oh, that's not right. I was like, should I just save it and super glue thing? But yeah. You know, so there are, and that was on a new product that just came out. So, you know, they're on a little bit of a learning curve, but a lot of the stuff that you're going to get from stores, uh, you know, those have already been around for five years, six years, something like that. So they're trying to trade. You know, I was testing a brand brand new product from um, a reputable company, and they changed the locking system just ever so slightly. So that's where the issue came in. So I'm not saying that's like that on everything, but just on that one particular product. They change their instructions. Everything's good now. Yeah. You well, know, so I, I had a product from a big box store at one point. I had a vinyl product. And I read through the instructions, and it said to moisture test and make sure it was within the 4% of the subfloor. And I laughed. Mm-hmm. Because you can't moisture test plastic. And I was no. like, what? This isn't like, what do they mean moisture test it? And so I called technical support and they had to get me the their lead installer on the phone. He was like, oh, yeah, we'll have to change that and update it. Um, just ignore it. You're fine. But I was like, what is going on here? So read, read yeah, through them. The check thing. the website. There's going to be updates. Things change. And, it, you know, I install the same a lot of the same company vinyl plank all the time. Um, it's, it's a product that I sell. So I, I sell a lot of it, but mm-hmm. I'll still open up that those instructions and I go through them to make sure they didn't update and change something because if they change something and I install it incorrectly, I'm going to, that warranty is void. And so especially yep. in a DIY install boy, when it tells you it's a, you know, limited lifetime warranty, you got to make sure you're reading that fine print and you're, you're, crossing all your T's, dotting all your I's, because if something happens with that floor, their lawyers are way better than yours. And so oh, yeah. that's going to be an expensive fix. 
And that's the thing, too. Like you, you, the difference between going to the box store and getting their products and, say, going to a, a, like a family-run business or a specialty flooring store is quality of product. You know, there's the, I used to install for Lowe's. I installed for Home Depot. I installed for Empire. And if you actually read the fine print of the instructions of the products that they sell, all their LVP that they say is waterproof, most of them say in the fine print that it's only waterproof from the surface for a specific set of time, for a certain amount of time. You know, like, uh, uh, one, I think it was one from Lowe's. Um, I was reading the fine print on it and it said that it was only waterproof from the surface for up to 16 hours. You know, so you, got to pay attention, you know, and price point has a lot to do with it also. You know, if you're looking at something that's only a dollar, dollar fifty a square foot, it's not going to be the same kind of quality as something that you're going to pay $4 a square foot for, you know. So read the fine print, figure out what your budget is, and if it's not what you want, don't just settle. Get Save up, get the product that you want. Absolutely. So at the beginning, we talked a little bit about stuff that's trending. You know, we talked about how hardwood's beautiful. We're doing a lot of vinyl plank. Is there is there any like specific install like type you see that's trending? Is mostly everything straight? You're doing a lot of herring bones. Any is there any kind of thing like that, that that's trending? Yeah, uh, up here right now, everything's just straight blade. Uh, I'm I'm getting a lot of. Uh, like the Cortec XL, the six foot long boards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a lot of that um, in big, wide open areas. That's perfect. You know, you got to look at products that are going to work for the size of the area that you're doing. You know, if you're doing a ten by ten square foot um, dining room or something. You know, the six-foot boards aren't going to work. It's not going to look the same as in a room that's, you know, 12 by 25 or something. You know, you've got to look at the size of board that it is compared to the size of room. That's funny. I'm going to – I want to disagree with you right here. This is funny. So one of the products I sell is is a 9 by 60. So it's 9 inches wide, 5 inches long. Yeah. And I think it looks fabulous in smaller areas because it, there's less seams breaking up the room. So it actually helps them feel a little bit bigger. Now, granted, it's really, when I'm doing I it like it wall to wall. <laughs> I, it's, that's funny. It's, it's kind of, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think personally it shrinks it. You know, it's if you got a ten by ten square room and you got a five or ten foot board or a six foot board, then you only have like a four foot cutoff. And even you know, we do a nice stagger and everything. In my opinion, I think a longer board in that kind of area kind of shrinks it. You know, but you know, also with you know, as opposed to. Um, laminates. Laminates want you run perpendicular to your main light source, which are going to be your windows or mm-hmm. doors or anything like that. Final Plank wants you to run parallel. And that's actually written in instruction. And a lot of the instructions, they want you to run parallel with your main light source. You know, so, and, but you also got to look too as how much furniture is covering the floor. You know, if you're in a, like I said, a 10 by 10 room, 
like a dining room, how big is the table? Do you got a hutch? Do you got a, a buffet? Yeah. A china cabinet, you know, something like that. How much space is actually going to be seen? You know, so a longer board, if you got a lot of furniture in a small room, a longer board's not going to make a difference. You're going to pay more for a product that you're not even going to notice a difference. True. There, there's definitely a lot of considerations to take take in mind or to to look at. Um, and, you know, it it's funny because it, everything keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's really the trend is it was, yeah. you know, five inches wide was laminate eight years ago, even up until yeah. four years ago. It was five inches wide. Seven was huge. And now seven by 48 is the standard still for the most part, but that's kind of small yeah. and you're getting these nine by sixties and 10 by 72s oh, yeah. and stuff. Everything's just getting bigger and bigger. And so even though you're saying like, it looks kind of funny when you're doing a whole house installation to put different products in different rooms, doesn't necessarily work. And so there's, there's compromises to make, but it's definitely don't do it just because it's trendy. Make sure this is what you really want in your house go buy a box yeah and and lay it out yeah. live with it it you know most of these yeah, stores with, will take it back with, yeah with store samples um you know they're small you know because they only have so much space to work with and who's gonna haul um, a six-foot sample board you know it's it, it becomes a hassle um you got to be able to imagine the big picture um, and, but I always tell people, keep it for like five days, move it from room to room, different times a day. Cause it's, it's going to, the colors that you're looking at are going to start to pick up differences in lighting, incandescent light, natural light, fluorescent light, all plays a part in the way that's going to look. What kind of shadows are being thrown across from furniture? You're going to pick up colors off of cabinets and walls. You know, so it's going to change from room to room. Definitely. Um, you know, so I tell them, keep it for five days. Move it from room to room during different times of the day and see if it's something you're going to like. You know, because it may look phenomenal in the living room, but may not look as good in the kitchen because of lighting. You know, or there's a different paint color in those rooms that doesn't quite work together you know you you know don't just settle because the joneses got it and this is the latest trend get what you're gonna like you know just don't settle 100 percent agree it is a huge investment make sure you are 100 percent happy with it the last thing you want to do is get a floor laid and not like it after that installer has been working all day he's got four five hundred plus feet down and you say yeah. I don't like that. We got to get a different color because now paying to take yeah. that back up, box it back up and trying to return it. That's a nightmare. So why don't you go ahead, give me uh, the company you're with again, their phone number and anything else you want to, you want to say before we wrap it up here. All right. Uh, I'm Mark Rakovic. I work for MDG Flooring America in Medina, Ohio. Uh, our store number is 330-725-5252. Uh, great family-owned business. Um, do a lot with the community. So, yeah, if you have any questions, just give us a call. We'd be happy to answer anything you got. All right, Mark. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate all of your insights, and I look forward to doing this again in the future. Oh, definitely. It was a lot of fun. 
That's all the time we have for this week. Be sure to subscribe so you can listen to each and every episode. We can be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review and let us know what you think about the show. If you'd like to be a guest or have questions, you can email us at floor education at gmail.com. Remember, your education never stops.